Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury, I'll be joined by Clarkie and Steve Saverin. We have a great special guest this week, PGA Tour Pro and Listowel native Corey Connors will join us from the Houston Open to chat about that tournament and, of course, the Masters next week. Very excited to have Corey on. We'll also talk about Major League Baseball bungling their Gold Glove Awards. And, as always, we will have our wagering expert Chris Abbott on from CoolBet.co. You're listening to and watching MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports, brought to you as always by CoolBet.co. I am Ryan Drury. That is Clarky and Steve Sabrin, and the great guests keep rolling in. We're very pleased to be joined by Mr. Listwell himself, Corey Connors, down in Houston at the Houston Open. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Mr. Listowel, that's uh, high praise. <laughs> that's what someone said to me today. I was at the grocery store. They were asking who was coming on the show this week. I told them it was you, and they said Mr. Listowel himself. So apparently that is your nickname around here. It's, uh, it's quite a nickname. Yeah, there you go. So you are currently down at the Houston Open. Obviously, we're not very far away from the Masters. Uh, obviously, you had a great first round today, uh, shooting one under. You're listed on the leaderboard, tied for 16th. Uh, Brent Snedeker, the lone leader at five under. Uh, just tell us a bit about the course today, what the weather was like at Memorial Park. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Um, teed off early this morning, 730. Um, wasn't uh, too much wind in the beginning. It kind of picked up towards the end. Um, and then uh, I think... Uh, sort of calm down this afternoon but the golf course is really cool it's a new course uh this year played uh other course we used to play at redstone is the only one, other one i've played the houston open at um really neat uh, design it's very tricky some of the green complexes are, are really crazy a lot of runoff areas and the bermuda grass is is pretty tight and sticky and it can uh you know, grab the club around the green. So it makes it quite difficult, um, but pretty cool course. I think yeah, it sets up well for me. It's a, definitely a ball strikers course where you got to be really in control of your tee balls and iron shots. So I did a good job of managing my game today and looking forward to uh, the next, uh, yeah, next three days. Hey, Corey, how have you found it with the, uh, since COVID, obviously, in the pandemic, with like the lack of fans and the different um, protocols, how are you handling that? And like, are, are the fans something that get you going when you're going? Yeah, a big time. I've really missed the fans. And uh, it's actually funny. So they're allowing a limited number of fans at this event. Uh, mm -hmm. So I got announced on the tee this morning. Usually it's one of the tour officials announces you and then you, you play away. And there's actually a a small amount of applause. So I was looking around that that's really strange. I haven't heard that in a while. Um, definitely miss the fans. I find they, they help kind of pump me up a little bit in, in certain situations and you know, they're cheering after a good shot. It puts a smile on your face and kind of, you know, picks your, picks your spirits up a little bit. And uh, I've definitely missed that. It's fun having them out there and, you know, putting on a good show for them. So I'm excited for them to be back eventually this week. There's just a, a limited number of people out there. Um, so uh, it's, I like it a little bit better, but it has been very weird. Um, you know, this COVID's mm -hmm. changed, you know, everyone's world really. And um, I'm fortunate that we're able to still play, uh, still compete in tournaments. And I think the tour's done a really good job at, you know, putting the right uh, protocols in place and keeping us safe. You know, a lot of uh, sticks jammed up my nose to, <laughs> 
in the testing procedure you know, a few times every week and they're definitely on top of it and you now providing pretty safe accommodations for us and yeah a lot of golf course hotel and repeat uh cory when let's backtrack a little bit to the beginning of the year because golf was one of the first sports to say that hey we're going we're going to go and compete um was there a lot of concern from you and other players off off the hop and how did the thinking evolve through this whole process yeah i think definitely right away um you know we didn't have as much knowledge of it but i think a lot of the players were a little afraid um you know didn't want to be traveling around um a lot of people a lot of players out here have families or you know wife and um you don't want to get in a situation where you're, you're putting them in at risk as well so i think at the beginning a lot of players were a little hesitant and kind of unsure how things were going to go but um the tours just done done a really good job at making you know the players feel safe and creating a, a pretty safe environment you now for all the traveling that we we've, we've had to do in different cities and uh, sorry just a limited number of uh cases have been you know uh only a few players have tested positive so for the most part you know there's 156 players and caddies and officials traveling around every week and um, i think it's been uh, been pretty good at the uh you know lack of cases there have been yeah, I would agree. Uh, sorry, Clarky. Obviously, okay. the PGA Tour has done a really good job of that, as as has the LPGA Tour. Um, what's it been like for you, Corey? You know, establishing yourself as one of the bright young stars of Canadian golf. I mean, obviously, everybody was aware of guys like Mackenzie Hughes, obviously Hearn and Dillette, but you've really put yourself on the map. What's it been like for you to be part of that contingent of great Canadian golfers that have really exposed a lot of people and young people, especially to the sport? Yeah, it, it's been really fun for me. You know, I grew up idolizing Mike Weir, and you know, as I was playing competitive amateur golf, David Hearn and Graham Dillat were the two staples on the PGA Tour, and it's really fun to join those guys now and, and be part of the new young crop of Canadian players. I think the development programs that Canada's had in place have been great, and it's you know showing that it works right now. Um, all of us are having a great time together and you know, play a lot of practice rounds with the other Canadian guys, particularly Mackenzie Hughes, who went to Kent State uh, along with me. And, you know, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, we, we've been playing a lot of games together the last uh, number of weeks. Um, you know, try and meet up for whatever, <laughs> invite each other over to the hotel room to eat takeout <laughs> uh, here and there and just um yeah we're, we're all cheering for one another but it's really fun to be a part of that group and you know it's not a position i really ever dreamed that i would be in but it's pretty awesome to be you know living it out hey i, I it's obvious i'm sure that uh, it was very disappointing not having a canadian open this year but what would that mean for you and your sponsors like how how devastating would something like that or, or was something like that this year not having a canadian open yeah it was you know it was tough uh, it was something an event that i look forward to every year but particularly this year i was looking forward to it um yeah you know it's a a chance to interact with some some of my sponsors particularly rbc they, they do a great job running the event and um get to you know meet new people through them and some of my other sponsors as well with the canadian um, connection. It's a, it's a chance to get to spend some time and, you know, get, allow them to sort of see me up close and, 
um, watch me play some golf. So, uh, not to mention all the friends and family and all the supporters back in Listowel. Um, there's not a lot of uh, other events we play close by, so uh, it's a great opportunity for them to get to come and watch me. And um, you now it's it's really fun for me to, you know, feel all the support and the love. And you know, it's probably you know my favorite event uh, on our schedule. Just you know, get a lot of support from all the fans and. Um, it's a lot of fun to be a Canadian playing in the, the championship that I grew up, you know, going to and watching. Hmm. Um, it's funny. My kids don't talk to me all week and they decide to phone me twice in one night. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, masters coming up, Corey, uh, I mean, a special time for golf, a uh, different time of year this time around, but for yourself, can you take us through preparation? You talked how much you liked, you love the RBC, but the Masters has to be kind of a, a very special event. Is it the pinnacle uh, for a professional golfer? Yeah, it definitely is. It's you know the most prestigious. You know, it's got it's got everything, history, and um, play to the same golf course every year. I think makes it you know even more special, and it's definitely. You know, a tournament, if you asked any professional golfer if they could win one event, what would it be? I think the Masters would be at the top of everyone's list. Um, it's, yeah, just a just a really special event. And I'm very much looking forward to it uh, this year under some different circumstances. Again, there's not going to be any fans and being played in November instead of April. Uh, there could be a few differences from the last few times I've played. But I think I've learned a lot over the you know, last year as a pro and in 2015 as an amateur, I, you know, learned a lot each round, each time I played the golf course. And I'm you know, really looking forward to getting back. I think, you know, my game is where I want it to be. And then, you know, the increased, you know, knowledge that I have of the golf course, you know, after every time you play, you end up learning something new. So I think um, I've got a lot of good stuff in the memory bank uh, with, in that respect. And, um, I like how my game sets up for the golf course. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I thinking ahead to it without the fans, it's definitely going to change things a lot, but, um, you know, I'm going to enjoy the experience and hopefully, uh, play some good golf. Do you get any pre-scouting on how you said the course might set up a little differently, obviously with it being November, or is it just going to be when you get there and get your practice rounds in? Yeah. So, they're pretty much closed all summer. They just uh, opened up the golf course. I've, I've talked to a few guys uh, this week who uh, went and played last week, and you know they oversee the the grass, mm. um, so it's all kind of coming in now. And it was a little bit uh, soft. The grass was a little bit longer than it is usually for tournament time. Green's a little bit slower, but I think they're just doing that to you know make sure the grass is growing in healthy, and then they'll try and get it uh, trimmed down and, and firmed up a little bit for the tournament. I think the weather forecast looks pretty good. Um, temperature wise, some people were concerned it might be a little cool, um, you know, getting into mid November, but it uh, looks like it's going to be pretty nice. So nice. I really am expecting to play fairly similarly to, you know, the conditions in April, but uh, we'll have to see. Um, I'm looking forward to getting there uh, Monday and yeah, checking it out. Corey, there's so many, you know, iconic holes at Augusta. Like you said, it's the most prestigious course. There's something about it. I mean, to equate it to hockey, it's like the Stanley Cup of golf courses. I mean, it's just so historic. You think of 5, 11, 13. What, in your opinion, is the hardest hole or, or couple holes on that course? Yeah, I think 
a few holes are are tricky. It's actually a very tough uh, start to the golf course. Number one, I think, is a really underrated, difficult hole. It's a tough tee shot. Um, I think they've made some changes to number five, the par four, which is is actually quite difficult. Really long approach shot to a, an undulating green. Um, I think number ten can play really difficult as well. You know, it sets up well for me off the tee. You know, hitting a turning the ball from right to left a little bit, but left with an uneven lie ball above your feet or a downhill lie going into the green. Uh, again, a pretty long approach shot. So definitely. Uh, those are, those are some holes that stick out to me as, as being uh, challenging. Corey, how, give, give us a little example of life as a professional golfer for yourself and compare yourself to some of the um, other big stars in the game. What kind of like do you have a do you have a coach that travels with you or does he meet you at different times throughout the year? Do you have like mental training with people? Just give us a little insight of, of what it's like to be a PGA professional. Yeah, so. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, I guess. I have a coach. He travels you know, every couple of weeks. Um, he's uh, Derek Ingram. I've worked with him for a number of years. He's from Canada as well. So he's been nice. back. He's had to quarantine for 14 days, four or five times over the last few months. Oh. I feel, feel bad for him. But uh, he's actually here in Houston with me and, and going to go to Augusta. Uh, so I get to see him, uh, you know, basically once a month kind of thing um, over the last little while. Um, as, as far as, you know, other stuff, I, I uh, use a lot of the resources that I, from the Canadian national team uh, that I've, you know, have worked for me over the last number of years, some, you know, breathing exercises and mental training. And cool. um, my, my coach is really good in, in that respect as well. And just trying to take good care of, my body um during tournament weeks i'm not really you know, grinding in the gym as much but just you know doing some recovery stuff and making sure that i get good rest and um you know in a good spot mentally and a good spot physically for the next day um so yeah some lots of uh i have some gadgets around the the room that um help with my recovery and try and get the the body back uh, ready to go um yeah, not that uh, I don't know that exciting over the last few months. Really, we just spent a lot of time in the hotel room. You know, we're we're not supposed to go to eat at restaurants, so can go uh, get food delivered to the hotel room service, um, or go and pick up some curbside takeout uh, at a number of the places. So that's been been my life for the last little while. That's definitely has to add to the uh, uh, the mental, I guess, training, right? Um, I want to touch a little bit about golf in general. Um, and I know I've had some discussions from golf courses across here in Midwestern Ontario that they actually, once they opened up, actually had a decent year. Have you had any feedback as a pro about the state of the game and um, if it's growing with the youth or they've seen an increase? Yeah, honestly, everywhere we go, um, people have been talking about how great of a golf season it's been, and, you know, how golf is flourishing. And I think a lot of people you know, who didn't play that much in the past this year because of the circumstances, you know, I've, it's given them a good opportunity to get outside and go do something. Um, I think when, you know, this in the spring, when this was all happening, I think there was a lot of concern among the golf industry, especially in Canada, not knowing, you know, if they were going to be able to open up or, or what it was going to look like. I think any, everyone anticipated it was going to be a, a very down year. And, 
um, going to be financially stressful. But fortunately, I think, you know, golf's done really well in Canada. And, um, you know, just an example here in Houston as well, playing in the Pro-Am yesterday with, with some local guys, they said, you know, that the golf courses are jammed, you know, courses are you know doing really well. So, and it's good to hear, I think, um, golf as a whole is, has flourished this year, which is, is nice. Not many other good things have happened. Uh, in the, in the, and um, as far as the youth in Canada, I think it's continuing to grow. Um, there's golf Canada has been doing a great job at, you know, local level and provincial level kind of designing some programs or trying to get kids interested in golf. And hopefully I'm, I'm helping to inspire some, some young kids to get into the game as well. That'd be, uh, that'd be nice. I'm sure you're in tune with what's going on back here as well, but uh, Parsons had to open up the golf course. It's supposed to be 18 degrees. I'm teeing it up with Bridgie and uh, Josh Keel on Saturday at 10 a.m. So the weather's beautiful right now. We had snow last Sunday, but it's been 16, 17, 18 here and sunny. So it's nice here for sure right now. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I did hear that it was opening back up and uh, yeah, definitely exciting. One more, a couple more laps of the Exactly. The nice. Exactly. Are you sure you have enough golf balls, Clarky? Because didn't you lose a whole bunch the last time? Yeah, Savvy, you have nothing to say about <laughs> my golf game compared to yours. I'm not great, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Clarky setting up to shoot 95. Good job, buddy. I'll be it's, happy break at 100. Yeah, it's sure. it's uh, you'll go sub 100. I believe in you, buddy. Corey, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you also just kind of a general golf question. I mean, you see all these guys now that are just you know power driving the ball all over the course. I mean, obviously DJ's been doing it for a while, but then specifically with a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, you have some analysts and writers that are like really happy and, and you know excited about what he's doing. You have other you know, analysts and writers that are very critical of it and not a fan, you know, for yourself and other pros on the tour, like when you're seeing some of the things that he, I guess, specifically is doing to golf courses. I mean, I think specifically the U S open this year, what's kind of the reaction among the guys on tour when you're seeing, I mean, a lot of guys on tour, like I wish I could do that kind of thing. I think the, uh, you know, for what he's, what he's been doing and, um, you know, he's always been unique in his game and his approach. And, you know, this is no different. I think, you know, it's, I commend him for it. It's, he, he can really hit it. <laughs> um, I think overall golf to guys being more athletic and being able to hit it further. Um, it's just is what it is, but the golf courses we play are, are tough. Like you, you look at a course like we're playing this week and you know if, if you couldn't hit it as far or, or as straight if they you know made some changes to the equipment no one would sniff par probably so it's mm. uh you know really some place we play are really challenging but you know what, what bryson's been doing is pretty cool and he's worked really hard you can obviously see that he's he's put in some long hours of hard work and uh you know i'm not sure how his body will hold up in the long term seems to be uh, putting a lot of stress on it. But, you know, for right now, he has a, uh, a big advantage in certain situations. Like you said at the U.S. Open, you know, he's longer than everyone, but also hitting it quite straight. So um, uh, I'm interested to see actually some, how he how he does at Augusta. I think that extra length there is is a big, big help on a number of holes, particularly the par fives. 
Hey, okay, Ryan, just let me ask this question. Just be quiet, okay? I know so, what you're going to do, so, yeah. Okay, Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, are you happy? Do you think they're they're, they're going to make a push? I'm pretty pretty happy. We yeah. uh, was talked about it with, with Mac Hughes and some of the other Canadians out here, and pretty I'm pretty happy. You know, very, very optimistic. Being cautiously optimistic, but I... Uh, it's got to happen eventually, man. That's they, right. <laughs> sooner or later. But I like where they're headed, you know. I think Joe, a guy like Joe Thornton has a lot of intangible, you know, things that mm-hmm. not, uh, yeah, not every team has. And I think, uh, yeah, a little more grit. And we'll see. Hopefully uh, frees up some of the skilled guys a little more, especially in the playoffs. Well, go out there and win the Masters. Bring the green jacket back to the or the uh, Scotiabank Arena, and we'll get you to drop the pocket center ice for a game. We'll, uh, I'll work on that one, okay? Love it. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. Corey Connors, uh, they call him Mr. Listel here, apparently. Uh, he's down at the Houston Open, had a great opening round, and looking forward to another go at Augusta. Corey, we really appreciate you doing this, man. We know you had a long day. Uh, good luck in the rest of the tournament, of course. Good luck at Augusta. We appreciate this, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Nice job, guys. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a quick break here on MWO Sports. When we come back, we'll talk about some NFL storylines. We'll talk about Major League Baseball bungling their Gold Glove Awards and much more here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you as always by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury still here with Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. We thank Mr. Listowel, Corey Connors. Down what a great Houston. guy, oh, eh? Unbelievable interview. Uh, yeah. What a thrill to have him on. I know a lot of people uh, are excited that I was talking to locally in Listowel here that he was going to be the guest on the show this week, and they should be. I mean, he's a, he's a great ambassador of the town and the area, and a lot of people are going to be paying attention to what he's up to this week in Houston, and of course, at Augusta in November uh, yeah. next week. It's pretty it's, uh, it's interesting. It just gives you another reason to watch. Like, you, you know, like the Masters yeah. is, is the, the be-all and end-all in the golf world. At least it is for me. But it just yeah. gives you another reason to watch, to really have a hometown hero that you can cheer for. I mean, you know, you watch the Masters every other year if, if there's not a lot of Canadians or whatever in it. But it's just it's great to have a, a local guy who legitimately has a shot to win the tournament, which is great. Yeah, he really does. And it's, uh, you know, and his game continues to improve as well. Like he's, he's risen up the leaderboards at a number of tournaments over the last couple of years. Like he's done a great job at refining his game. And I agree with you, Clark. He probably has a great shot. Steve, what do you think? Uh, well, you know what? I think the one thing that uh, we're talking uh, with him about masters and being there a couple of times, because, you know, the first time you're there and he was there as an amateur for the first time, overwhelming is an understatement. So, I mean, the more you do things, and golf is a game of repetition, right? So, um, you know, being a little more calm, being a little more prepared mentally, um, who knows what can happen? You sink a couple birdies, and you could be in a good position. And, Steve, I want to thank you. I know the radio listeners can't see you, but you have the green shirt on today. So yes. that's, a, that's a step towards the green jacket next week. Right. You know what? It's, it's a premonition. Yes. You know, I'm looking into the future. Perfect. If he actually wins, I, I'm going to, we're going to replay this clip 
uh, on the on the show following. If he actually wins, we're replaying this. It's uh, it, it's good stuff. Steve has some magic. All right, let's uh, let's talk Major League Baseball a little bit here, guys. And man, has any commissioner had as rough a year in one calendar year? Which I mean, there's still time left to screw up more as Rob Manfred. Like I I just don't know how Major League Baseball can continue having this guy as their commissioner. He is still like, alive, right? Like he is okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's alive, and okay. and he, I mean, in the whole debacle with the lockout and and the holdout by the players when they should have been playing baseball, um, then all of the COVID safety issues. You had like the Cardinals, the Marlins, with you know twenty plus players well, and, and staff. And don't forget the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros, and and not punishing them in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, with you know, arguably the Red Sox as well. Uh, and AJ Hinch coming back this year to manage now the Detroit Tigers or for next year. Yeah, he's, what a he's joke. Been rehired. So I mean, he I mean, had to sit out what sixty games. Wow, big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, to, you know, Clarky. To be fair, and uh, I'm sorry to any of our Tigers fans that are listening. Uh, I mean, being the manager of the Tigers is probably punishment enough. Um, so, uh, and Alex Cora is interviewing to you know be be the Red Sox manager as well. So, like, it's just. That whole thing. But then you build it all through and we get to the World Series miraculously. There's some fans in the stands. Then you've got the whole Justin Turner situation. Then you've got his weird speech on the field uh, that was just all over the place. I, Rob Manfred was drunk on the baseball diamond. I don't care what anybody says. He had had a few too many and then remembered in a panic, oh, I have to hand the trophy out. Also, let's rewind back at the start of the year. Like way back in March, he did an interview where people were talking about how important he was in an interview. I believe it was ESPN and they were asking, you know, how important is it to you to get the season underway, you know, with COVID and everything. And he, in that interview, referred to the World Series trophy as just a piece of metal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, yeah, that's unbelievable. This guy has had just the worst commissioner year ever. And. At every turn, it seems, Major League Baseball, not just because of him, but as a whole, he's he's in charge, seems to step on its own toes. And we love to rip on the NHL and everything, but they did a great job this year. And with their award show, they usually do a good job. How anybody at Major League Baseball head office thought that it was a good idea to hand out the Gold Glove Awards on election night is absolutely baffling, boys. Who came up with this and then he okayed it? Like, Steve, We've- have you ever seen such a stupid decision? Uh, well, you know what? It's <laughs> That's probably other things that have uh, compared to other things that have happened in uh, baseball. And it's funny you talk about the commissioner's post. Um <laughs> The commissioner's post has seemed to be haunted with numerous situations. Black Sox scandal back in the early days uh, when Judge Landis was commissioner. I mean, that was a big betting situation. Ford Frick dealing with Babe Ruth's home run record being broken by Roger Maris. Frick made the decision to put an asterisk beside Maris's name for that record, right? Uh, Because there were more games played and more days off between games and all this stuff. 
all of the labor strife that has happened in baseball year after year after year, uh, lockouts and realignment. So it just seems that Manfred is only the continuation of a long list of commissioners who have dealt with probably the most tumultuous situation in sport compared to a lot of the other major leagues, right? Um, especially with the, um, uh, with, with the labor strife. But trying to promote your game, which uh, kind of uh, plays itself as the national pastime and a unifying sport for the country of America, um, I think that whole announcement would have been lost in the fray. Yeah, uh, you know what? Like everybody has known for how long that the Four election years. was, was going to be on this night, and baseball decided, oh, this is the night we're going to we'll have the captive audience. They'll be watching us, and oh my god! Like maybe CNN will break in and talk about the Gold Glove winners. Like you're right, Ryan. It's just a joke. How can that happen? I don't know. Uh, just a footnote on your Ford Frick. Of course, the Ford Frick Award every year goes to the broadcaster of the year who uh, shows the most. Um, uh, what is it? The uh, passion for baseball or whatever. And Canadian Dan Schulman's up for the Ford Frick this year. Um, as he should be. As he should be. Going against some pretty good guys. Um, Al Michaels, Don Drysdale, Dizzy Dean, and I know, Ryan, your favorite, Joe Buck. Okay, amongst others. Okay, he's not my favorite. I just, I'm on the... <laughs> I like Joe Buck. Yeah, wagon. I don't, I don't like, mind I, Joe Buck. I don't I, like he's called you know so many iconic moments and like football, especially like uh, j just Joe Buck is a good, a, a very good broadcaster. He's mm -hmm. going into the NFL Hall of Fame and for a reason. And uh, just for me, I'll always remember him calling the Patriots comeback against Atlanta. Like he he's called so many. Honestly, my favorite Joe Buck moment was the Cubs erasing the 108 year uh curse that like his call on the cubs winning was unbelievable jim anyway. nance or joe buck joe buck joe buck hmm. i like there's jim magic nance. though when tony romo when tony romo is involved in a football game it's unbelievable to watch i'm sorry it is oh i, I i'm not disagreeing there i i think yeah no I no, think, no i know you're not i'm just i'm just throwing that in there as well since we're on this topic and i like jim nance too but uh, tony romo is probably the greatest color commentator i've ever heard next to like ray ferraro i i think you have i think you have two totally different styles of broadcasters there too between joe buck and yeah. yep. so i For mean sure. yeah. completely different but they both do a lot of sports like they both do oh you know, yeah a, yeah a lot of things which is great well what does so, so Buck, Jim will be on. Jim will be on the Masters because it's CBS. So I'm sure Jim will be on the Masters, but Jim, Joe Buck Jim. has done golf too. Yep. Um, has Jim done? Jim Nance has done tennis, has he not? I think earlier in his career he did. Oh, yeah. He did some U.S. Opens. Yeah. For so. sure. Yeah, they're very different, but like you know, yeah. that's what's great. If every broadcaster was the same, it'd be boring, right? And everybody yeah. has their favorites. Personally, my favorite is Al Michaels. I love Al Michaels. Man. When Al Michaels and John Madden did Monday Night Football, it was awesome. Uh, it was absolutely the, awesome. Arguably the greatest ever. John John Madden the, set the bar. The only issue with John Madden was the fact that when it went to replays, you can never see the replay because it was so scribbled with. 
images that he draws circles and arrows and X's and like we're I can't I can't see the ball or the players. If you've if you've never seen the Family Guy parody where they make fun of Joe Mad or uh, John Madden, pardon me, calling a guy's wedding, it, it, please YouTube that right now. It's fantastic. John Madden is he's a legend, man. John Madden's the best. Brett Favre. If you're going back into into history too, and Chris, you may be more familiar with Pat Summerall when he did it with Madden. Oh yeah, we you know I we. When I worked for Telemedia Sports, we actually uh, had Pat Summerall as one of our guys who did some some stuff for us, and he was he was outstanding. He voiced a lot of things for us at Telemedia, uh, and the nicest gentleman you'd ever meet. He was great. Punter, wasn't he? Was he a kicker? Uh, I I <laughs> That's escaping me. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how don't we know. got on this train. A lot of great broadcasters. Summerall as well, all time great. Yeah, Major League Baseball. They dropped the ball again. It's so stupid. Let's talk a little hey, bit about. Well, uh, sorry, before but there's a couple ahead. other things I want to mention about baseball, and that's. Um, yeah. I was going to say Al Montoya, but it's it's uh, Charlie Montoya. Char- yeah. Charlie is up for the American League Manager of the Year. Um, yeah, yeah. With win, a fired, but... uh, guy who was fired and uh, Rick Renteria, yes, and a guy who who watches his computer. So, it, yeah, you know, like he's got a shot at it. And uh, on Thursday sure. night, congratulations to Teoscar Hernandez, who won a Silver Slugger award for for the Toronto Blue Jays. So, congratulations to Teoscar. And uh, Ryu is up for the Cy Young. So. You know, when you look at the the um, the the awards this year in, in baseball and the American League uh, in particular, uh, you know the Jays are there. They have some guys who uh, have made a lot of strides. Ryu, of course, was a runner-up last year in the National League. That's um, right. Now he has a shot in the American League, so a good signing for the Blue Jays. But it just seems like they're still so far away from being a winner. Like it really does, in my mind. It does, but there are rumors uh, swirling now after a tweet from one free agent named. Trevor Bauer, who yes, uh, caused that. quite a stir on social Toronto's, media, saying, "Boy, Toronto's a destination. Love that city. Uh, it's really he's nice." Trolling. He's trolling. Don't you think he's trolling here? Of course he is. But uh, hey, you never know, because uh, there's some good points made. Uh, a number of analysts have said um, that Toronto could be in a really unique position here, just with COVID and and. Other teams' finances, a couple teams really stand out, and a number of analysts pointed to the Mets, the Jays, and there was one other team that they pointed out that could really take advantage of their financial situation in comparison to other teams. The Jays have money to spend, and if if it's just all about money, if they could give Trevor Bauer $25, 30000000 million a season to come up here, do it. Do it. Yeah, Overpay yeah. him. This story obviously concerns some people. Vlad Jr. with a uh, interesting Instagram post where he was brandishing a gun in his pocket. Well, now I thought it was a remote control for his TV. It oh. was not. Um, no, it was a gun. And he's he's back, obviously, at home. And um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people were pretty concerned. And the Jays obviously reached out to him and told him to take it down instead he just edited it and put a little like smiley face over the gun but you know it obviously caused some concern now t- to his to his credit i guess you know there are dicey situations down there in you know the dominican republic venezuela countries like that we, there have been numerous instances where 
You know, guys, family members have been kidnapped. You know, the David Ortiz situation just a couple years ago. So uh, basically, I was reading a number of stories saying that a lot of these players, when they go home, just as part of the lifestyle, are starting to carry guns with them, you know, essentially as protection. And that's fair. And I understand that. And that's, you know, awful to have to go home and do that. But to put it on social media, mm, probably not the greatest. do we do you need to put it on Instagram? Like, really? What what's what's the end game of that? So I don't know, Steve. Uh, well, and, and, and also, last time I put something on Instagram, my wife gave me trouble for for going out for fast food. Like, I mean, and and he's doing it with a gun. So I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's interesting for sure. And then there's reports as well that Vladdy's dropped thirty pounds. Uh, you know what we saw the we saw the skipping rope video last year where yeah. it looked like he was like uh, like uh, so he dropped thirty pounds and he's two hundred and seventy pounds now he dropped thirty pounds so yeah okay he must have uh, I don't know I'm, I'm not he has to do it like guys he has to but I'm telling you until I see him in a uniform. In a Blue Jay uniform that's three sizes smaller than the one he was in last year, I'll I won't believe it until I see it. How's that, Ryan? I agree. I I completely agree. We'll uh, we'll take a quick hey, break. You know what? Let's let's bring in Chris Abbott, our okay, betting yeah. expert. If we can do that, we're we're gonna try to bring him in live here as we speak. So there's uh, Chris now, Ryan. Absolutely, our wagering expert, Chris Abbott, on the line from Coolbet. How are you, buddy? I'm good, boys. How are we doing tonight? We're doing well, my friend. Uh, obviously, NFL, there's a lot of storylines flying around. The Niners had to close their facility down. The Texans had to close their facility down. Niners, Packers still went on Thursday. I mean, uh, the NFL with COVID here, it's just been a weird ride, right? Like, they, they, haven't, they haven't had to cancel games since, I believe, week two, that Steelers-Titans game, but they've had to shuffle a lot around. Like, it's getting concerning. It is, but it would take an awful lot, clearly. I mean, look at the situation in San Francisco. Listen, boys, here's the deal. There's too much money involved. And in the NFL and in the United States, money runs the whole thing. So it would take something severe, unfortunately, to, uh, to see them do anything drastic. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Before we get into some NFL lines with you, was there any action? Was Coolbet running action on the election? Oh, oh, oh. we're still <laughs> tell, running action. Tell we're me about it. Bit. Yeah, it's not over yet, Ryan. I know. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane, uh, to be completely honest with you. I had just gotten into the industry after the, the 2016 election. So people told me how crazy it was and how the election odds predicted Trump was going to win long before the networks had it figured out. And uh, I kind of, you know, okay, that's interesting. And then, and then people started gearing up. Like, odds have been out on this for, for years, right? Like, for at least two years. Um, and then when we knew the Democratic candidate, uh, then, then it really ramped up. So it started out, Biden was like a minus 200 favorite. Trump was like plus 150. And then uh, Trump got as high as like plus 350. And Biden was like minus three something, minus four something. And then slowly throughout the night on Tuesday, Trump crept back, crept back. And then it was like, oh, boy, it's like even. And then Trump's minus 150. Trump's minus 250. Trump's minus 500. Trump's minus 700. Oh, my God. Like, the world's going to end, right? Clearly, because this guy's going to walk away with the election. 
And then we go to bed Tuesday, and then they start counting the mail-in votes, and then Arizona's closer than it looked, and Biden starts creeping back up. And now Joe Biden is a minus 1429, and Trump is 6-1. to one. So Holy. it was crazy. And what that what, what smart people did is they bet Trump at like plus 250, and then they bet Biden when he was like plus 400, and you're guaranteed a profit. Chris, did you get in? Uh, I didn't. I did, honestly, I did not. I left it alone. Um, I honestly, I, I don't even want to pay attention to it. It makes me personally, <laughs> the whole thing makes me sick. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, I, I wish I hadn't made money off it. I know a lot of people who did, and uh, and from a from a sportsbook perspective, cool bet uh, doesn't matter who wins. We'll will profit because the swings were so great that uh, there were so many bets placed that that you know we're, we're in a good position either way. Absolutely. You guys and, and certainly Vegas are laughing right now. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL week nine, some nice matchups as well. Like always, let's start with Seattle Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen gets to go up against uh, arguably the worst pass defense in the league, but Seattle's got that really, really hot offense. DK Metcalf has just turned into an absolute monster. Like we all thought, who do you like in this one? I, I like, I like the Seahawks. I do. There's a lot of like short favorites that I like this week, and that might make me a sucker. But I think the Bills are still getting a little bit too much credit. Uh, you know, they've beaten teams in their division, but when they play outside the division, they haven't looked great at all. Uh, and Seattle, I mean, Russell Wilson, uh, he's, he's legitimate the MVP front runner right now, and his receiving core is unbelievable. Without Chris Carson, they're not as dominant, and I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. But uh, what was that guy's name? DJ Dallas, who came in. Uh, he just kind of slotted in and, and looked fine. So uh, it'll probably be a high-scoring game. The total set 54.5, as we're talking right now, which is, is a really high total. Um, but with that, I, obviously, that gives us room to have uh, a bigger spread of points. So if you think Seattle's going to win, I don't mind minus three whatsoever. And I've already bet them, actually. I, I got them at minus two and a half. Absolutely. I, I did as well. I'll be taking them. I, I'm locked in and I like the Seahawks. I believe in danger Russ. Let's talk about Baltimore looking to bounce back after a tough, tough loss. Lamar Jackson taking it on the chin right now. Can't win the big game. Lost to the Steelers again. They're taking on old Phil Riverboat Rivers and uh, the Indianapolis Colts who have arguably, if not the best, the second best defense in the league. Uh, who do you like in this one? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this uh, Indianapolis Colts team is is a very fraudulent five and two, and not all five and two records are created equally. Uh, the Ravens have lost to the Chiefs, and they've lost to the Steelers, and they won five games besides that. The Colts have beaten uh, Cincinnati, the Jets, the Lions, uh, the Bears. Like they're 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 not. It's not impressive to me. And people keep talking about this defense. They gave up 30 points in plenty of games, but they only gave up, uh, I think it was 11 to the Bears and, and like, what was it, like three or six to the Jets, um, seven, something like that. I don't have the scores in front of me. So while from a scoring defense statistics uh, view, they look like they're really good, I don't know that they are. They gave up 21 to the Lions last week. Uh, controlled environment, Lamar Jackson, you're right, he hasn't really won the big game, but when people have doubted him, he's come back uh, better, and when you look at this game, it's not really the big game, is it? I look for the Ravens to bounce back. I bet them at minus two. I'm looking at it minus one and a half right now. Uh, the money line is minus 127, so that was my favorite bet. I put a, a, a bunch of money on the Ravens' money line uh, just to win the game. Hey, yeah, I, I agree. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Do you, you have your computer open there, Chris? You ready? Okay, what do you got for me? Okay, so Corey Connors was on our show earlier. 
Okay. Um, he's uh, obviously heading into the Masters next week. Do you have any early lines on him? We do have Masters odds up. Um, and for Connors, like we don't have our, our markets up in terms of like head-to-heads. We will. We'll have plenty okay. uh, on the Canadians. But for him to win the tournament right now, uh, 199 to 1. Okay. So well, there's some uh, yeah. make some money so like there. A five dollar bet on on Connors to give you a grand. Let's do it, Ryan. <laughs> I yeah, I'm in. I think I will take that. I'll also be laying money on a couple other guys as well. Uh, you know, that's safe. But uh, yeah, five dollars. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna do that. You can jump in with me, Clarky. I guess I'll share. Um, yeah, we really appreciate this, Chris. Obviously, we're excited about the Masters. We're excited about football. I hope they are able to continue and and get through the rest of this season, uh, for sure. So uh, yeah, that's why you listen to him. He is our wagering expert, Chris Abbott from Coolbet. We appreciate you doing this, brother. Absolutely, boys, and yeah, we can chat. The Masters will be underway by the time we talk next week, but uh, yeah, we can certainly check out the site, and we'll have uh, head-to-head matchups for all the Canadians, and uh, even amongst them uh, as well, like who will be the top Canadian, things like that. Perfect. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll take one last quick break here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to wrap things up here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury, Steve Savern, and Clarky. Uh, guys, great chats with uh, Corey Connors, of course, of Listowel here, where I where I reside, and Clarky, you do as well. And Steve, you're not very far from Listowel, so I mean, very he's exciting. A wannabe, savvy, he is a Listowel. He's a Listowel wannabe, and we're we're really rooting for Corey at the Houston Open, of course, the Masters next week. Exciting stuff. Really quick, I just want to touch on this. I saw it today. EA Sports has, they didn't specify how long the new agreement is, but they have reacquired the exclusive rights to make NHL games. I'm I am so disgusted by this. We all knew it was coming. They, they renegotiated with the NFL and, of course, FIFA. Um, I'm just so fed up with this. And it's not even that I don't want EA to make games like make games fine. It's just the exclusivity of rights is ruining sports video games to the point where they're just not even viable anymore. Um, I miss the days when it was NHL and uh, or EA and 2K, the set, the Sega company. Um, was 2K as good as EA NHL? Some years they were. Some years I'd argue they were better. Um, this just makes me so upset. I'm I'm getting fed up with this video game market. It's um, it just sucks. Clarky, yeah, I know you play the game, Steve. You you, you don't play it as much, but oh. no. But uh, um, I'm just curious on who gets to do the voiceover for the uh, for the game. It's been Doc Emmerich before. It's been Jim Hewson. Maybe. Ryan Drury is the next one. I well, would, the last two years has been James Sabalski. Sabalski's um, been doing it, yeah. So I, I, I would imagine. You know what? He's in Vancouver. It's easy because their their offices are in Burnaby, BC. I actually got a tour of them. A spectacular place to tour and to work. It's amazing. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about the almighty dollar, and they're just bucking up a lot of money, Ryan. And that's why they got exclusive rights. Here's what pisses me off. It's all about being able to download a roster because when you get right down to it nowadays, in my humble opinion, from one year to the next, at least for just gameplay. And that's all I do. I don't do this hot stuff. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. All it is, is 
There's hardly any changes. The graphics are amazing. They're not changing a lot. The gameplay, sure, maybe they'll add a couple of things. Not really. But I'm but I'm paying a hundred bucks to be able to download updated rosters. That's basically in my mind what I'm doing, and that ticks me off. Well, you know what's going to tick you off even more, real quick, before we wrap off uh, wrap up the show. The graphics aren't that good. They still don't have like a ton of NHL player faces scan. Like they've got a couple. Like they've got the big guys, like Crosby, Ovechkin, whatever. Like if you're looking down your lineup though on whatever team, like guys don't look anything like they do. It's, it's so aggravating. Um, and of course the argument is all, oh, well, the, the, the NHL game staff is a smaller staff. If it's a smaller staff and that's your excuse, why is the game as much as Madden and FIFA then? I just, uh, it ticks me off. I don't know. Let us know your thoughts. Follow us because on social media. Because they can charge that. That's yeah, because they can. EA, Supply the worst, and demand. The worst Ryan, company. just stop playing then, okay? Just okay. stop playing it. I will. Does the poll check work? No. Um, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on the game yes, if you play it. it on social media. Yeah, Clarkie, you got to rein your poke check in, buddy. <laughs> Make sure you listen every Friday night at 6 on CKNX AM 920 and CKNX.ca. Catch the show Friday nights at 8, Sunday nights at 9 on Whiteman, and you can catch the podcast on all the best podcast apps. I'm sorry, Clarkie. Yeah, that just struck me funny. One day you'll beat me if you stop hitting R1, I brother. I beat you before. Stop you, it. You've never beat me, dude. That's I not. That's a, that's a blatant lie. All right. I was sleepy that night. Anyway... <laughs> Wrap it up. You got to go. We appreciate you listening to and watching MWO Sports. Brought to you as always by by CoolBet.co. Go, Corey.